and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's so great to be back with you again this week. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. And today on the podcast, we're taking a look at two entries from one of our favorite video game series. Um, as games, you know, we grew up playing the Monkey Island games. Oh, yes. Um, but as music, we also appreciate it so heavily. This theme that we're listening to that's used in all the Monkey Island games, Carl and I were just talking, we think it's one of the best uh, melodies in all of video game history. Absolutely. But the two games that we're going to look at today are the third and fourth game in the series, The Curse of Monkey Island and Escape from Monkey Island. And these two are interesting because they actually weren't worked on by Ron Gilbert, yeah. the famously acclaimed series but you know what's, creator. what's crazy? If you were to just to play Monkey Island 2 and not know anything about how games were made and play curse you would not notice that it is and in some ways yeah, they it's totally did a great job of matching the humor and everything it's crazy how in some way curse is even better than the first two games like in every right. aspect in the music you know what it might be my favorite soundtrack curse of monkey island for the series uh i'm not mm -hmm. gonna say that the melodies are maybe as strong as the original or the second one but as far as matching the emotional tone and following all the right turns that the that sense of humor of the game has with the music i i think it's Unmatched. I think Curse well, of Monkey Island is amazing. I, I definitely would agree that I don't think it could be a better game than it already is. I think it's mm -hmm. uh, one of the best in the series. Um, I, I think it's a compelling argument to say that it's the best. I mean, I think the first two are so... So classic. Um, yeah, there's, they're just unmatched in video games. But You know what this has done, Will? Preparing this playlist got me in the mood. I want to go back. I want to play the special edition of Monkey Island 1 again. Like, that's a game where that might yeah. be the only game for me where not maybe not once a year, but once every couple years, like, I have to play it again. Oh, totally. I have that with a lot of things, I, except mine is much more obsessive. I have that with Monkey <laughs> Island, but I know every you have year a Metroid. I play every single Mario game every Metroid and like every three years I play every single Zelda game that's so cool well yeah so just to give you guys a little background that was the Curse of Monkey Island that's the title track it's a rendition of the main Monkey Island theme so Curse of Monkey Island that came out in 1997 and Escape from Monkey Island the fourth entry came out in 2000 and what's cool is we actually have never played any music from Escape other than one track on our Peter McConnell episode so that'll be cool to play more of that and we have played a decent amount from Curse um, we, we thought originally of just doing a curse spotlight, but we thought, hey, this is a more balanced and fair way. We're, we're going to have to cut some good things from curse, but this way we're going to be able to play some great things from escape. So well, I and think what is really cool is it makes sort of the, um, I don't know what, what, what do you call like a series with four entries, a quartology or something? <laughs> a quartet. I'm not sure what you call it. A, I'm going to call it a quartology. I don't know if I'm making that up. I or actually not. like that word a lot. Quartology. Yeah, no, but it sort of, it, it's like a nice fitting cyclical nature to the quartology of Monkey Island games because um, the first and third entry are solely composed by Michael Land and the That's second and fourth are composed by the dream team Michael Land, Clint and Peter. Thanks for bringing that up. That's a great point. So Curse of Monkey Island was solely composed by Michael Land and that's where we're going to start today. We're going to start things off with uh, and, and this is going to be chronologically through the soundtrack and really chronologically how you'd experience the music in the game. First thing we're going to play is a really cool track called Wall 
Wally crying. Wally's one of the first characters you meet in this game. And if you play the second game, it's cool because you remember that character from the second game. There's a lot of really funny dialogue. Uh, really heavy on the reggae as far as this soundtrack, but what's so cool is for the first time you're having real performers play this music. So let's take a listen to one of the first pieces you'd hear. This is Wally crying from The Curse of Monkey Island, composed by Michael Land. Here we go. Such a cool introduction to the musical style of The Curse of Monkey Island. You're listening to Wally Crying, composed by Michael Land. Oh my gosh, I just, I can't wait to get into this episode. I've been looking forward to this for so long. Such a cool track to kind of introduce you to the palette musically of this game. Really nice performance. You have, you know, you have all real instruments here, but I love the eclectic ensemble because in addition to the regular kind of reggae rhythm section, you also have a really nice solo bassoon and solo bass clarinet and kind of that combination of classical and reggae is all over the monkey island series but in this game it's almost paramount more than any other soundtrack i just i love that combination musically and also as far as like what instruments you're hearing i think it's just it's such a cool combination it's very interesting to me it's the epitome of small ensemble it's like small yeah. ensemble jazz meets chamber music yeah because uh bass clarinet and bassoon work great together in like a wood woodwind quintet mm-hmm. or, or some other uh, woodwind chamber group, the, those two timbres, any kind of clarinet and bassoon, they really gel really well together. They sure you do. You can tell from the very beginning when the bassoon melody cuts off and you have those two clarinet attacks. And at that point, it's in a range where you can't really tell if it's bass clarinet or just a regular right. B-flat clarinet. Um, but their, their timbres just gel together so nicely that they just really feel at home in this reggae ensemble. Let's talk about how... The- all the instruments gel together. It's crazy how those instruments gel so well with the drum set in in electric bass and electric guitar. It just well, and, the, and also that like reggae organ. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted you, uh, I wanted to get your opinion. One thing I love about uh, Michael Land and specifically some of this soundtrack is some of the later sections of this piece, the interesting modulation and kind of classical chord movement that he uses. What were you, what are your thoughts on that? As far as like how that is good background score. Like there's not really a melody going on 
after the initial kind of melody. It's right. just kind of this like interesting chord changes. What do you think that does to kind of score uh, the game? You know, that's a great observation because you hear that stuff with Michael Land quite often, especially in this game. You notice it a lot, sort of advanced, you know, harmonic movement. But you're right. Yeah, here it's not underscored really by any melody. It's definitely, it catches your attention and it's more active than a mm-hmm. lot of video game music. And I think it's able to be that way because the groove is so laid back. Oh, it's so good. It's such a solid groove. Yeah, it's a very unobtrusive piece. It's not, you know, like hitting you in the face. So I think mm-hmm. he's able to do more exploration and more kind of interesting, intricate stuff musically without it kind of detracting from the experience because it's so laid back at a bass level. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Where it's not like mm-hmm. rock where it's trying to have all this crazy energy. At and a it really bass fits... level. <laughs> nice pun there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it really fits an adventure game where, you know, these games are more contemplative and you're. it's not constant action. There's a lot of thinking to it. So the music mm-hmm. can kind of be slightly more background in yeah, nature, I guess. It, it, but it's still good enough to dedicate an episode that's audio only. One thing I want to say, one disclaimer on an audio level, is unfortunately the Curse of Monkey Island never saw an official soundtrack release, and for whatever reason, I'm of the opinion that the way that the actual music was implemented in 1997, with very limited codex and compression back then, um, the only version of the music we have today is really low fidelity Um, versions unfortunately but what's nice is in the context of hearing it back to back in a couple tracks everyone will all get used to that so you know if you're hearing a little bit of that fidelity I'm sure you'll get used to it in a couple tracks so now and also it's you know it's compare and contrast we play a lot of you know 8 and 16 bit music on the podcast which there's no comparison I mean this Mm -hmm. is real performers so exactly Good point, Will. So now we're going to move on to another early piece, really the second piece you would hear right after that. This is Firing the Cannon from Curse of Monkey Island. Let's take a listen. Listening to Firing the Cannon, composed by Michael Land, one of the early pieces from The Curse of Monkey Island. Now, Will, why don't you do me a favor and give a little context, uh, since we, you know, we both know this game and played this game. For anyone who hasn't played this game, what, you know, <laughs> they're hearing these sound effects. Do you want to describe what's kind of going on? In this part of the game? Sure. Well, being that I'm the resident nerd of the show, I can give you some context from uh, the plot at this time. So I mean, I could is... as well, but I'm enjoying hearing you do it. <laughs> no, but um, so this is like in the exact same scene, essentially. It's the opening scene in the game when you're talking to Wally, and it's actually kind of subtle. The music changes when you when go you over to the When you stick your cannon. head out, yeah. Yeah, the perspective kind of changes, and there's actually all these, like, skeleton pirates on um, their sort of, like, LeChuck's crew, and they're mm-hmm. on the water on these little boats, and then you get to, like, shoot at them with um, the cannon, and they kind of 
blow up and stuff and eventually one of those characters becomes sort of a trademark of the series his name is murray <laughs> and he's a demonic talking skull he's so funny um, and he wants to get revenge on you because you kind of blew him <laughs> you blew his head apart from his body it's so great yeah so now i think we're gonna move a little bit ahead there's some great music you know on the ship in the beginning we're gonna move a little bit ahead to mocking the voodoo lady in voodoo jazz now there's about three or four great tracks just related to the voodoo lady in this part of the game it only makes sense to dedicate one because we have a lot of great music to get to this is one of my favorite tracks of the entire game well something we've played this a lot but um something that we never quite talked about is the title mocking the voodoo lady it's really fitting because it actually comes and the first time you meet the voodoo lady in this game it plays the same music from monkey 2 that's true um, that really kind of spooky but really cool track mm -hmm. but then what happens is through your dialogue choices if you start to like tease her or yes, not take that's her a voodoo great power point, seriously Will. then this track kicks in and it's such a great contrast here's mocking the voodoo lady and voodoo jazz Such a lively and fun piece of music. Everyone's having so much fun. Mike's having fun with the composition. All of the players are having a blast. Trading I mean, I probably solos. wouldn't say lively. <laughs> you know, it's um, really laid back. It's laid back, but it's lively too. I mean, it's these jazzy solos. Jazz is inherently lively music. And that's what I think is such a cool combination is the bass and the drums are not playing jazz. They're playing reggae, but everyone else is playing jazz on top of it. But it's over the kind of chords that um, are very Monkey Island. I know. It's really, it's this, it's fusion of kind of like almost film score, like um, cliche film score harmony, but with this reggae setting and just great melodic This material. level of authenticity and just like solid production was just, I couldn't say how much it was not the norm in 1997. It's still not the norm. I mean, when we, if I heard this today, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool, fresh soundtrack. And this was in 1997, right. you know? Well, and it was such a treat. I, I, I think it goes back to what we were saying about the game earlier. But this whole game, you know, it, it was really kind of, I imagine, shocking at the time, you know, because people loved the first two games mm -hmm. and then this one not being worked on by Ron Gilbert. But I feel like the people who made this game and that, you know, goes with, for Michael Land as well, really put a lot of heart and soul into keeping the spirit of the early two games. And I will say that if 
if Michael Land wasn't brought on for Curse, it would have been a complete disaster. It just would not have felt like Monkey Island. He did such a good job of bridging the gap. Now, although this is a reggae-heavy soundtrack, we, we have to feature a little bit of the other sides, some of the softer, sweeter sides of Michael Land in the soundtrack, because they're great. Uh, we're going to now play Puerto Pollo, which is one of the first areas of the game. This is one of the kind of more kind of subtle, soft score um, sides of this soundtrack. So let's take a listen to this track composed by Michael Land. Dude, nice alliteration. Subtle, <laughs> soft score sides. That's four, four S words. Here we go. listening to Puerto Pollo and Will made a great observation that most of the melodies in this game are subtle and sometimes not so subtle variations on the main Monkey Island theme. But one thing that I think is so great about this entire series musically is obviously you have a lot of sea shanty kind of pirate sounding music mixed with some medieval sounding music and classical music and reggae. All of that fusing together. Uh, And this is a great example of uh, maybe slightly more of the shanty and more of the medieval influence. Yeah, it's very folk folk folk-like. Folk-like, absolutely. So Will, do you want to talk a little bit more about how he uses that main Monkey Island theme to great effect with all these variations? Well, I I think it's very subtle. It's sort of over a similar chord progression, but it's mainly just certain melodic leaps and certain points. And it goes yeah. in a different place. So it's very subtle, but you notice that in a lot of the tracks in this game. And I think that was a smart choice because in general, I think the music needed to feel different from what we heard in Monkey Island because a lot of what we hear in Monkey Island very specific to the scene and different between the first two games and now with real performers I think he needed some linkage to the older titles well it's music. crazy how land-esque those lines feel now to me it's it's not just the soundtrack I feel like ever since the first game he's been constantly doing that like those chains of, of intervals are just so iconic for this series well it's sort of like it's like Baki and counterpoint yes it's great like the whole soundtrack feels cohesive it doesn't necessarily feel too separate from the reggae and the jazz because you'll hear those things earlier. on for example we heard that in wally crying the same technique. well and one of my favorite parts of this is that that just feels so much like such a an authentic shanty. Shanty, and it reminds yeah. me of stuff from monkey 2 like a lot of the booty island stuff that peter did so it's mm-hmm. again great cohesion with the series let's now move on to one of my favorite tracks in the soundtrack. Some really cool... Guys, pay attention to some of the rhythms and some of the hits that the band does in this one. This is interesting. This is such a cool uh, point in the game. This is In the Belly of the Snake by Michael Land. (laughs) 
Ah, oh, that's so fun. You're listening to In the Belly of the Snake, composed by Michael Land from The Curse of Monkey Island. You know what's great about this track is at this point in the game, uh, the title doesn't lie. You actually get swallowed by the snake, <laughs> and it's really funny because you see this very detailed contour in the snake's body. And there's body all these objects you can pick shape. up, <laughs> all these things yeah. that would not fit inside it's a classic, snake. It's classic Monkey Island like meta game humor in this part. But what I love about the music is there's sort of a lot of... Um, subtle reinforcement of the images and everything going on at this point in the game. Yeah. For instance, if you notice at the beginning, well, the track is called The Belly of the Snake. You're in the snake, but it starts off with this little descending thing, and then we have a little harmonic minor riff. Now, Mm. that may seem like an innocuous decision that doesn't necessarily pertain to the setting, but I think it's a brilliant addition, because when you think of like a snake and what music you would score to it, one of my first thoughts is actually, you, you pick like an Arabian flute or yeah, something. Yeah, that Or someone playing melody. a snake to sleep, yeah. you know? Like, da 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 Exactly. That's kind of what's... That's a brilliant might be the first thing yeah. to come to mind. So I, I think it's very subtle, and it's not mm-hmm. super um, engaging your attention at first in this track, but I think it totally helps to reinforce that whole idea of being in a snake. And how about the... Those really cool rhythms in the band. I love that. So now, guys, we're going to move on to um, another piece that's a little bit on the softer side, uh, non-reggae here. This is the Barbary Coast. Now, I believe this is the theme of the barbershop. That's the name of the barbershop um, at, in Puerto Pollo. So let's take a listen to... Well, and the three the three bartenders, there's like a bartender, a tailor, um, and... Uh, what's his name like crack jaw bill or whatever and they actually end up becoming <laughs> your crew and your friends in the game so, it's so really awesome cool. let's take a listen to the barbary coast Oh, that's such a masterful composition. It's so, he's so at home. It's almost like he's not even trying. He's so established a musical world, and he just keeps on showing you another great example of this, where you have that kind of solo section with these modulating chord changes with a solo arpeggio instrument. Um, it's just so Monkey Island. And he always does that. He always establishes some sort of interesting, you know, melody as the intro of the piece, but then he never repeats it. He just goes into these kind of solo sections, but it doesn't feel like it's just like random or it's just, okay, now it's time for a solo. There's a lot of structure behind all of the sections of the piece, and it's just, it all screams Monkey Island and it screams pirate to me. Well, he clearly has a love of jazz and jazz writing. I mean, all classical music scored out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, that idea of kind of just never returning to an mm-hmm. idea, I feel like, is a very 
jazz concept. Mm -hmm. um, but again, yeah, uh, you obviously see that a lot in classical music, um, depending on what type of form. But yeah, what I love about this piece, again, it's um, kind of subtle uses of hearkening back to the monkey island thing. Da, 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 da. Even if it's mm -hmm. just that. The other thing, it's technically at the same tempo, in the same key, and over the same progression as the Puerto Pollo piece, mm -hmm. which feels much more kind of uh, stately classical and it has that flute and so everything. So think about when you transition musically from one area to the other, when you go into this room, you know, how you can implement that on the music side with iMuse. Well, it takes that idea from Monkey Island 2. Mm-hmm. And this game still used iMuse, by the way, as an updated version of iMuse. Crazy. So now let's move on to a really good change of pace musically. This is the Brimstone Beach Club. What I love about this is you first hear this theme um, when you're talking to the cabana boy before you can actually enter the club, and you hear it off in the distance. You hear this really kind of distant kind of Latin band that it sounds like they're coming from the beach. Well, it almost sounds like I always thought of it as like a boombox on the beach, Something even though like obviously that, yeah. this takes place like hundreds of years ago and then what's so great is when you finally get access to the beach club you finally hear it you know better fidelity so let's take a listen to the brimstone beach club So nice to have real steel drum uh, to evoke tropical, you know, tropicalness in a video game. How many years have we been doing it with synth instruments? Finally, we get to do it for real. When I was listening to this, I was saying, I was telling Will, I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Rayman music. And uh, Will said, you know what? Rayman music kind of reminds me of Monkey Island music. It's cool here, especially in a track like this, which is kind of going for kind of that cheesy public domain 50s Latin feel and, and there's parts of this that reminds me almost of sam and max you know some of the snuckies music did that same right stuff i think these three gentlemen um well uh clint and peter aren't working on this game but the three of the dream team i think they really love that music and it definitely mm -hmm. shows uh something that i notice actually a lot in this game um is that well, you don't really have levels so much in mm -hmm. an adventure game, but you do have locations have and rooms. places that you return to. But what I notice about this game is there's sort of a great difference between, I wouldn't say cutscene, but music that plays during a specific sort of scene or one-time event in the game and yeah. music that plays in a reoccurring area. Mm -hmm. In general, I'd say the music in the reoccurring area typically doesn't have that kind of um, reggae uh, jazz quality to it. This one's a little bit of an exception, mm -hmm. but again, I, I wouldn't you're really count it because it's going for such a specific style based on the location. Yeah, like when we think about the tracks we've played so far with uh, like an extreme reggae feel, uh, it's the Wally crying, fire in the canyon, mocking the voodoo. Lady. Those yeah, are all one-time events. It's a one event. The yeah, belly of the snake. Yeah. All of the other kind of scenes, um, for the most part, have a little bit more of that 
piratey quality. Yeah, there's obviously to exceptions to that, but that's a really interesting uh, kind of rule. That for the most part, you're right about that. Um, I I love the non reggae aspects of this soundtrack. I think Michael did a great job uh, scoring the emotions in a lot of different ways. Well, and that's the stuff that really feels like Monkey Island to yep, me. Absolutely. So now, guys, we're going to move on to. The last track that would take place on this first island is Plunder Island, right? Right. Is the first island. So this is Monkeys of the Sea Cucumber. Here we go. So nice to have a nice flute as well. The first time we're hearing the flute in the mix here. This is Monkeys of the Sea Cucumber. And I think Will's also right about the the use of this. Now, when you first go to the Sea Cucumber, it's a different piece of music. And there's a specific event that, if I'm not mistaken, where it changes to this track. Well, yeah, eventually I think you have to somehow you you're trying to get the Sea Cucumber to be your ship. Right, um, but it's there's a series of puzzles that you have to go through, and on one of your early attempts, um, the captain of the ship is this weird, wiry little guy. But he captains a, a ship full of monkeys. Is his name Fossey or something like that? Yeah, I don't remember, but he takes orders from the monkeys. Yeah, and the monkeys um, tar and feather you. It's, yeah, essentially you get tarred and feathered. So this music sort of plays when you finally get to realize that. The ship gets controlled by monkeys. But yeah, it's another example of reggae music coming in for a single mm-hmm. event rather than a reoccurring location. And yeah, and that's definitely, there are examples of, you know, reoccurring reggae tracks. But I think that's a really interesting thing that I never noticed is so many of what I consider the classic reggae tracks were things that you only heard one one time. Right. You, you heard it for a while, but then you moved on and you probably well, didn't hear it again. It's funny. I was reading um, this interview with Koji Kondo and he was talking about, you know, finding music that fits the right rhythm and tempo and structure for the gameplay. Like when he would work on, you know, Mario 1, 2, and 3, you know, he would play the games and think about rhythms that Mm -hmm. would correspond with what playing those games felt like. And I think this does a similar thing. When we think of those one-time events, they're not really cutscenes. Those are sort of the individual puzzles where it's either a dialogue puzzle or something where you're in a situation and you have to figure out how to get out. And I think reggae is a nice kind of relaxing music that allows you to sit down and say okay what am I going to do here where most of the music it's kind of like you know what you're doing you're going from point A to point B I have this I give it to that Mm -hmm. guy I talk to this guy but this music is more relaxing and it allows you to sit and be stationary in one area Mm -hmm. and figure something out Great point, Will. Well, I think that's a great kind of way to transition um, into Blood Island, which is the second island of the game. So we're going to first play the Blood Island map theme. Now, we only have a few more tracks before we move on to Escape from Monkey Island. 
the Blood Island map theme, this track and the next track we're going to play represent more of the subtle kind of background score um, that Michael Land is also very talented at in this soundtrack. So we wanted to play a couple of these tracks that are a little bit more subdued. This is Blood Island Map. effective background music you're listening to blood island map composed by michael land now we passed over some great classic themes that we've already played plenty on the podcast Uh, mainly i'm talking about a pirate i was meant to be if anyone is not familiar with that track a pirate i was meant to be check it out it's a blast and if you're not familiar with this game uh, you gotta play it it's an absolute joyride but yeah let's talk a little bit about this map theme and will how does this contrast the map music um, of plunder island in general some of the more bright kind of um, aspects of that island musically well something that i'm noticing about this game in general that i'm really appreciating and i think is sort of brilliant in a way i mean obviously blood island it feels much more laid back, but also more exotic than yep. um, Plunder Island, which has a more familiar home-like quality to it, which again mirrors its function in the game. A little more civilized, yeah. But something that I love is Michael Land was very aware of the way that these tracks would be implemented in the game. For example, my memory of the Blood Island map music is that it's this great melodic thing, but it's really only this short little intro yeah. of good melodic material, and then just sort of laid back soloing which, very sparse which, guys that's the norm for the forms of these tracks if you notice we've been fading in so quickly it's because there's only very short um fragments of melodic material but that's before what they i go think is so great because in these games you you really are only at an area for a certain period of time and if we notice like the areas that you do spend more time they are more complete pieces but i think it's great you usually go to the map you're there for about five seconds yeah and you choose what location you're going to So it's great. If he had written this long, elaborate piece with a long melody, you would have, first of all, if you stayed on the map, you would have noticed the loop point. It would be very jarring, and it would feel interrupted when you switched. Where here, it's kind of able to be like, if you listen to it, it can continue and feel unending. Yeah. Um, But then when you switch, you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. It's a way to make it feel like there's this invisible, you know, orchestra that's scoring all the choices you make. I'm so glad that we're playing this music, because on the podcast, podcast we don't spend a lot of time playing kind of subtle music that's not super melodic but what's so great about the form of of the tracks on the soundtrack is it starts you off with really catchy melodies that obviously we 
we love, but then it kind of takes its time and just kind of submerges itself in the groove and just kind of soaks in that groove. And yeah, that's it's very much about atmosphere as well. It kind of has both things going for it. It has moments of really clear melody, but also has moments of just kind of taking it easy. So totally. I think now it's time to play kind of a sister track to that this would be um you know a place that you can go on blood island it has a similar kind of tone musically this is the good soup family hotel listening to the good soup family hotel composed by michael land from the curse of monkey island one thing i wanted to give a disclaimer now in case anyone for some reason stops before they finish this episode we're going to try something kind of crazy and new this week the track of the week this week is actually going to be the track that we play out with at the end of the episode and it'll make sense why uh when that happens but just wanted to say that now so um after this we only have one other track that we'll talk about which is a really cool track that I'm really looking forward to. But yeah, Will, is there anything you wanted to touch on, um, kind of the things that happen emotionally in the Good Soup Family Hotel and maybe how this music is fitting that? Well, yeah, I, I in general, this feels kind of slow and it, it's it's very... The, the addition of those uh, synth strings, I mm-hmm. think, kind of helped to give it a little bit denser it it feels very thick is what i'm saying it's very slow and kind of there's a little bit of tension not necessarily musical tension but i just say kind of the tempo of it and the lack of any rhythmic pulse especially in a soundtrack that utilizes rhythm in such an innovative way it really just feels kind of dragging and it's it's very fitting because the main character that you interact with in this Good Soup Family Hotel, when you first meet him, sort of uh, the caretaker of the hotel, he's hung over. He has a terrible <laughs> hangover, and he'll yell at you whenever you say anything loud. So you have to try to make him this concoction to get over his hangover, essentially. So, of course, the music is soft as well. So the music's not going to annoy this guy either. So now, guys, it's time to play the last track that we'll talk about for Curse of Monkey Island, Roller Coaster of Death. One of the final tracks you hear in the game. Such a cool section when this is played. This might be the longest, one of the longest pieces in the game. Let's take a listen to Roller Coaster of Death. Thank you. 
such an effective piece of music and really contrasts most of the music you've heard up until this point. This is so tension-filled. It kind of feels like variation on the LeChuck theme, which is, for good reason, LeChuck is in this uh, portion of the game. This is such a cool kind of finale to this game. This is Roller Coaster of Death, composed by Michael Land. Well, something that's great, uh, the endings of the first three Monkey Island games are very similar in the sense that they require a slight sense of, you know, real-time response, like an action, more action And here we're actually hearing the LeChuck theme, by the way, but continue, Will. But something that's very fitting is um, it's not common in adventure games for there to be any sort of time component. Usually you have all the time in the world to make your decisions, but the ending of the first three Monkey Island games, there's sort of these showdowns where there's a tension, Mm -hmm. you know, when's LeChuck going to come in the room? Or in the first game, it's, you know, you have to squirt him with the root beer before he punches you. I'm so glad they kept that tradition of the kind of the final act, the final showdown with LeChuck. In the first three games, they're all so similar. It's so great. Well, Well, and you can't really die. They just kind of loop and until you get it, but it is much more of a feeling of tension than just, you know, being, you know, in a dark room and just waiting Mm -hmm. to make a decision. Well, guys, I think now's a good time for us to kind of catch up, uh, you know, Will and myself to kind of just kind of talk with one one another, see what we've been up to. This is a good time. This song is so long, too, so we can kind of listen to it as we talk. So, uh, so Will, what have you been up to lately, man? Um, let's see. What have I been up to? I've been working a lot, um... Well, really, all of us have been working on this new Super Mario World album. Double That's what album, I've been yeah. spending a lot of time. Me too. <laughs> something, something I'm really looking forward to uh, this weekend. Um, my choir at the University of Minnesota Duluth is uh, premiering a piece that I wrote. It's an arrangement, actually, of Nat King Cole's Christmas song. Awesome. Um, and we're performing that at uh, this big sort of Christmas winter concert. That'll so be really that's fun. That's what I'm excited for. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, obviously, you know, a lot of the projects we're working on together, I'm also excited about that Mario project. I wanted to kind of announce something that we're excited about to you guys that are fans uh, maybe of our original music. We're actually working on a game right now, the music to a really cool side scroller. We don't want to give too much away, but we're really excited about uh, what we've yeah, done we can't so far. Really, we can't share many details, and we probably can't share, you know, the track yet or anything. Just yet, but yeah. But we're, soon. We're really excited about it. We're having fun. If you are familiar with Soaring Through the Stars, which is our look at um, the music to that uh, hopefully upcoming PC space shooter game that we did. It's possibly gonna... never released. <laughs> it might be <laughs> but this is, never this released. This will sort of be in a similar... Uh, vein as far as how we create the music, um, as far as how we're dividing the duties. But a very different style, yeah. This is a lot more kind of Genesis. Uh, this is just such a blast, so I'm having a great time with that. Working on the funk album, uh, mixing that, um, getting that kind of ready. I could see that being released uh, maybe kind of late January is what I'm looking at right now. So having the blast with so many projects going on. But yeah, no, one cool thing kind of in the video game music world that was announced today, when, at, you know, as far as when we're recording this, The Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddess has announced a brand new tour in 2015 called Master Quest. It's going to be all over the world, actually. Um, cities all over the world. I think the closest thing for us would probably we'd have to go to Toronto. But um, it, it's supposed to be really cool music from Majora's Mask, even music from the new Zelda uh, Link Between Worlds apparently going to be included in the tour. Right, I saw uh, that. So yeah, that's definitely... A exciting news you should check out. And it's cool to think that Symphony of the Goddesses is something that can evolve and grow and add new music as the games keep coming out. That's I love so it. awesome. Yeah, so so cool. Sounds like um, we're both, you know, 
enjoying kind of uh, having a lot of musical projects to keep us busy right now. Well, guys, I think it's time to move on to the last game we're going to talk about. This is Escape from Monkey Island, which came out in 2000 for the PC. I think a year later, they actually made a PS2 port, which I don't know how that would have worked. I mean, to be honest, the way that this game was played, I actually had a big problem with. It was like Resident, old school Resident Evil controls uh, as far as how you you move the character around. If you played Grim Fandango, it's essentially the same yeah, control I'm just that. not a fan of, at least in the world of Monkey Island, Grim Fandango was a brand new kind of thing, but with, in the world of Monkey Island, it just didn't necessarily fit to me. It felt like everything well, yeah. was just kind of clunkier and harder. And well, the music, it's hard because you get so used to sort of pointing and clicking, and when you have to <laughs> maneuver a character yeah. around, especially with very kind of clunky controls, and then use, you know, the keys, so you have to remember what button equals what command. It, it's, it's much still, less intuitive. still a good game a lot of really classic great moments a lot of great writing and still some great music definitely i wouldn't say it's nearly as good as the curse of monkey island but what's cool is you do have the dream team back you have clinton peter back on board for the soundtrack really fun soundtrack so we're going to start things off with the options screen one of the first pieces of music you hear in the opening sword fight cutscene. it's a very short loop but i think it's really classic it's pretty nostalgic for me so let's take a listen to options screen from escape from monkey island listening to options screen um there's another version uh, i don't know what it's called but you can hear it over the sound effects of the clinking swords it's one of the first themes you hear in escape from monkey island um i don't i would assume michael would have composed this but i guess i'm not sure i think it's a really effective kind of foray into this it world it sounds it sounds so much like stuff from curse so i have to imagine it's and it also kind of reminds me of you know kind of film scores such as pirates of the caribbean movies that try to evoke that swashbuckling nature I think it does a great job of that. Well, not much more we need to say about that. So let's move on to Melee Town. One cool thing is this game, the beginning of this game, once again takes place on Melee Island, you know, just like the secret of Monkey Island. So it's so cool to come back to this island in this 3D graphical style. Well, and you have the characters of Carla and Otis return as well. Which, which is so is cool. Awesome. And Meat Hook as well. So let's take a listen to Melee Town, composed by the Dream Team. Thank you. 
really interesting chord changes at the end of that piece. This is Melee Town from Escape from Monkey Island. And really one of the things that they go further into musically in this soundtrack is much more of kind of that Celtic uh, medieval kind of jig quality. Uh, it really feels like you're kind of at a tavern uh, sitting with a bunch of pirates, almost more than the other three soundtracks ever did. And obviously the real instruments help with that. But what are your thoughts on, at least with this track, some of those elements being a little bit more present? Well, I think it fits because uh, the game we talked about functionally feels so different. I think the music kind of needed to almost be more in the pocket than the other games of, you know, making you feel like you're yeah. in the pirate and you're in the Monkey Island world. This yeah. might sort of be the impression of this is what Monkey Island music always sounded like. And that mm-hmm. really is sort of my impression of it. But I, I guess you're probably right, especially for the main town mm-hmm. to have some of this and especially since we're returning to melee island i think this really needed to feel like a quintessential piece in the series and Mm -hmm. obviously much like with curse you know this uses heavy heavy referencing to that main theme which understandably why wouldn't you i mean it's so it's such a great melody but it's cool to see how he gets mileage out of it yeah how much mileage uh they all get out of that so now we're gonna play one of my favorite tracks in the soundtrack this is scum bar Again, a classic location from the first game, Secret of Monkey Island, that returns in this game. You know, sometimes uh, slightly disappointed as far as, like, you're hearing that, oh, we get to see Scum Bargain, but the way that they actually do it in Escape is just not quite as exciting. A little bit underwhelming, but still a great piece of music. Let's take a listen to Scum Bar. listening to the scum bar escape version a completely different piece of music than the original scum bar this is composed by michael land or clint bajakian or peter mcconnell i think it's funny because we're hearing this really nailing kind of this kind of tavern sound and last week we just heard another brand new peter mcconnell tavern song from that new warcraft game it's funny how maybe that's kind of uh maybe this guy's kind of typecast for like if you need great tavern music you got to have peter on board yeah i i I really think um they did a great job of making this uh new theme whichever one of them worked on it uh, i think it's a great melody it totally feels like monkey island it's a very song it's probably peter playing violin at least at the very least. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I, I know that uh, I've heard that they, you know, hire a lot of musicians when they work on these soundtracks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anything's possible. I, I really, I love this melody. It feels very song-like. You can almost picture mm-hmm. lyrics to it. And it has a very solid and tight 
form, especially the dun dun Like it's a very concrete sort of end of that cadence that feels really satisfying. Great folk music. Almost like we're listening to to Christmas music. Uh, it's just so classic in that folk world. So now we're going to move on to Lucre Town. Now, um, I know that the next track we're playing, the Lucre Island map theme, was composed by Peter. And if they did the same technique they did in Monkey 2, where they divided the islands as far as composing duties, it's possible Peter would have also had this theme as well. But in any case, let's take a listen to the Lucre Town theme from Escape. <laughs> Again, such an eclectic group of instruments. You know, who was expecting that banjo to come in at that point? This is almost a, a really interesting kind of master class of how much mileage you can get out of such a, a single theme. We're hearing that theme from the original Monkey Island still being used all over the place in this soundtrack, and even a lot of similar content from track to track, like some of the melodies from Scum Bar. You know, the intro of this track uh, pretty much used the same melody from Scum Bar and then went off into new melodies. The beginning motif of this A melody is also sort of the same. It's a really interesting kind of journey as you go through these tracks to hear how they're taking melodies and, and, and varying them to match the different areas you are in the game. And there at the end, that's that end is the same that I was saying. And it's possible because I know um, Peter in Monkey 2 actually used an old like jig. Like oh, he actually and used I, an I old wouldn't be surprised song. if some of these weren't actual folk pieces as well. It's just so cool. It's so on the nose. Now let's play that really cool piece that Peter wrote. There's a cool moment in our interview with him where he was saying, there was this track that I never got to use in Monkey 2. And I was like, oh, can you sing it? And he's like, and he sung it for us. And then we cut right to the actual track. It's a cool melody, uh, fun track. This is a map theme, Lucre Island map composed by Peter. <laughs> Thank you. 
I love hearing how the band slowly gets a little bit louder and more active and how the more parts, you know, you have that really great harmony on the flute that gets added. It's just, it's a simple melody, but it's cool that it found, finally found a home in the Monkey Island series. And of course it feels at home. Interesting to know it was written um, so many years earlier. But yeah, no, this is just a really great map theme. You know, Will, what are your thoughts on like, how map music, not just from this series, but in general in video games, what is different about map music? What are the kind of duties, what does it need to do that other types of music don't? Well, it needs to have, a, I think, a very simple chord progression, mm-hmm. have a lot of internal repetition, um, and it needs to be something that can't be like too engaging, I guess, because its function needs to be short and sweet. But yeah. what I like about it is um, a lot of my favorite map music is actually stuff that you'll ironically listen to for a long time because the music is just so good or that so good, catchy yeah. and you just become like captivated by it. And I think this definitely um, does everything well because uh, if you're just on the map for a little while, you get the just the oscillation between those two chords. And who's expecting the real drum kit? Not me because most of those instruments are fake but to begin also, with. That melody is that melody doesn't really come in for a while. So if mm-hmm. you're just on the map for a few seconds, it totally fulfills its purpose. But if you're on it for, you know, fifteen to twenty seconds already, then the melody comes in and it's sort of this nice thing where if you do want to stick around in the map theme, we're gonna have this melody come yeah. in, or if you're contemplating your it's choice, cool. you know, more music kind of builds. Well, now we're gonna play one of my favorite tracks. This is a really fun uh, piece of music. This is House of Sticks from Escape from Monkey Island. That's such a cool, sweet melody. It's ah, I love that melody so much. And again, I love hearing solo bassoon play it. Really beautiful playing, nice vibrato. It's this very sweet song. Again, you have a little bit of the reggae drums and kind of you know African percussion, which all of that combining together to create something that feels at home in this series. For me, this feels like a Michael Land composition, but it's interesting. Will was saying, you know, maybe I'm not sure. It's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, I, I this could honestly be uh, Peter, Clint, or or Michael. I could hear it being Clint because there is sort of some of that swankiness that he has. Yeah. But uh, that melody also had some jazziness, which sounds like Peter. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the instrumentation and everything and the nature of the melody sounds like Michael. But I guess sounding like Michael is like sounding like Monkey Island. So I think that's what they were all going for. Kind of probably even Michael himself. You know, he's trying to sound like his earlier work. 
Uh, something I like, the addition of the melodica. It's sort of a yeah. nice way. You know, we don't think of a lot of keyboard instruments when we think of traditional kind of, you know, jigs or folk music. But the melodica is a nice way of getting almost a slightly accordion-like timbre or getting some sort of wind character yeah. in a keyboard instrument. And it's a very lo-fi, simple, kind of cute instrument that doesn't really, you know, like a piano probably wouldn't work or a harpsichord would have too specific a date to it. Well, let's move on to an interesting track. This is Prostisi's Shop, composed, again, anyone's guess, Michael, Clint, or Peter. Let's take a listen to this track. Listening to Prostheses Shop, composed by either Michael Land, Clint Pajakian, or Peter McConnell. What yeah. a great melody on this one. It's a cool melody. One thing that is so weird to me is, judging from the production, I think they had a, a lot smaller budget for the music than they did on Curse. I mean, you have more composers here, but the drum sound is not nearly as good. The engineering is not nearly good. A lot of fake instruments, some real instruments, but it's kind of a a downgrade coming from curse like every aspect of it feels like just not quite as in the pocket what do you think will about in general the tracks we've heard from escape so far well i think it's hard when you have three people working on it probably each with different ideas in different direction also i imagine this game had a much smaller budget than curse because curse probably went over budget and probably was a little bit of a commercial failure because monkey island games were never that popular And Curse had, like, all hand-drawn animation and, like, real instrument. It, it must have just been a balloon. This one, um, though, even with that small budget, I know is definitely probably a commercial failure as well. I mean, I don't think this one did that well at all. Right. And it wasn't as good of a game. It was pretty good. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting to see how it's, you know, they did. What are your thoughts, well, on the tales of Monkey Island, the kind of the telltale Kind of episodic. I don't remember the music too good. I remember thinking the music was good. It totally fit. It totally fit. Uh, much of the game, the humor was really good. The dialogue was great. The only problem I had, honestly, with Tales is like as a game itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, there were awkward control issues. It was yeah. a mixture of movement and point and click. Um, and the puzzles seemed kind of a little bit lame and simplified, but the humor and the story of it was just as good as any other. Yeah, Monkey I think Island the game. genius of the early LucasArts games, 
personified mostly in monkey in secret of monkey island is the entire experience is more than that of a video game the entire experience is so polished the writing is polished the music but the technical elements the gameplay the interface all that stuff is so easy to use and so intuitive that you don't even realize you're playing this game it just feels like this interactive experience that i do have to say that the later entries definitely don't have all elements aren't as polished as they used to be well now guys we're going to play the last track from escape from monkey island today this is diving competition this is fun let's take a listen guys so much for joining us this week as we looked at the music of the curse of monkey island as well as escape from monkey island the third and fourth entries in this beloved series uh we have such a great time uh playing these games and listening to the music we hope that you guys did especially if there's someone out there who was not familiar uh all i can really say uh, today is go play the curse of monkey island it's such a great game. Will, do you do you foresee a, a re-release, any sort of kind of special edition ever of that game? I don't think so, because I think there's nothing to be improved on it. I think <laughs> it, it's still, like, the most visually appealing game in the series. But, but would it would it work on a modern PC? Um, that, that's my question, you know? I don't know. Um... I imagine it probably You could get would. Scum VM and you could play it. I think that eventually way. it'll probably come out for like good old games or there'll be some small yeah. re release on Steam or something, but I don't think it needs any revamping. It's but completely yeah, this modernized. Was, this was a really fun time. I've been looking forward to this episode for a long time, and yeah, it was fun to finally get to play so much of this music that's been classic for me for a lot of my childhood, to be honest. Totally, yeah. Same here. I feel um, very similar. Uh, I foresee in the future us doing an episode. I'd love to do one on the special edition soundtracks to Monkey Island One and Two. That sounds like, um, like a blast. Because, Let's just you know, put it we in. Know we've played right all now. those. We've played all those, uh, all that music before. Mm-hmm. So doing an episode on those two would probably be a little redundant. But if we just did the special edition versions, that would be cool. Another thing I'm just gonna say right now is another goal. Let's interview Jesse, the guy who did that, the guy who arranged those two soundtracks. Right. I don't even know if he still has a job at because Lucas Arts is no more. So he might. Right. We're gonna try to get, maybe get in touch with that guy. Have an interesting maybe interview portion. Who knows? Just just, just a thought. But yeah, like we said earlier, um, we're going to play you out with this week's Track of the Week. It's the end credits from The Curse of Monkey Island, a really cool, super, super slow, laid-back reggae piece. Stick around next week. We have one of my favorite soundtracks, Breath of Fire. Going to do a spotlight on that. It's going to be such a fun time. Once again, my name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.